Hey, DGENs, it is Monday, May 29. Happy Memorial Day to our loyal listeners here in the U.S. We're talking about the legend, Derek White. Then we talk about Game 7 in the NBA, Game 6 in the NHL, and a bunch of baseball as well. I'm Mad Max, joining me, the one and only Sex Panther. Panther, listen, I know that your kids served in our military. Thankfully, nothing happened to them. They came home, uh, you know, unscathed. Uh, but this is a day that we thank those who served our country and did not come back. So to those people and to their families, uh, happy Memorial Day. You know, it, it is one of those days that I think sometimes even gets confusing sometimes. I think of uh, a part of my life, younger, I always thought Memorial Day was just anybody who had passed. You need to go to the, the cemetery and you know, see your, your parents or grandparents or whatever, but to find out that it actually was or has been for a long time a remembrance of, of lost uh, servicemen and women, um, it does make it a little bit more of a, it's, it almost seems tongue-in-cheek to say Happy Memorial Day because there's not really anything happy about it. It's a, a very somber day to uh, remember those that we've lost but we are thankful for their service. Um, so you know, just keep that in mind when you're out there eating your brats and burgers and ribs and what have you. Great weather around here. I, I, Max, I got to imagine you get what we get usually about a day later. This past week's been fantastic, and this upcoming week is looking just as beautiful. So really looking forward to this week of uh, weather and sports. Yeah, the weather's been great around here as well. I did my barbecue yesterday because I'm flying out to Germany in a few hours, actually. Well, I'll be heading to the airport in a few hours. So I did the barbecue yesterday. My in-laws came over, so we had a nice time there. And then my kids are in the Girl Scouts, so they marched in the parade today. So beautiful, beautiful weather, beautiful day. Uh, yeah, listen, I'm 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 hoping that I can get Wi-Fi internet on the plane because uh, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be in the air during the Celtics game seven. Um, and who, who would have thought? Who, who would have thought that we would have even had a Game 7 on this Memorial Day? Celtics go down the series 3-0. And, you know, the first two games, they had these big leads. Game 3 was a clunker. Game 3 was the only clunker in the series for the Celtics. But, you know, Games two and uh, 1 and 2, they had big leads. They lost them in, in, in the four, third or fourth quarter. Clunker in Game 3. Uh, they about you know that's it. They're gonna get swept, right? Well, game four they show up. Best game of the series for them. Game five, another big game, and in games four and five, this team shot really great from three point land. They they you know did not turn the ball over, and that was the keys to those wins. And so here you go, three two going into game six. Game six, the Jimmy Butler had a really awful game until the fourth quarter. We'll get to that. But the Celtics were terrible from three-point land. Their worst three-point shooting of the season, Sex Panther. I don't know if you saw that in game six. Worst three-point shooting of the season. The Heat were lighting it up from three-point land throughout the entire game. That's why they were in that game. Celtics turned the ball over more than double than Miami. That spells a recipe for disaster. And certainly enough, we were on the brink of disaster in game six. Celtics with a 10-point lead with five minutes left in that game. And they coughed up that lead. Uh, all, you know, uh, Horford fouls Jimmy Butler with, we'll, we'll get into that, uh, 2.1 seconds left on the clock. Uh, fouls Jimmy Butler. And you're just, this is over. So, of course, the Celtics challenge the call. And it, it at first, it seems worse for them because at, on the court, it was called a two-point foul. They look at it in replay and say, ah, this is a three-point foul. He's going to get three shots. But... The foul occurred with three seconds left. So nine-tenths of a second go back on the clock. Celtics now have three, uh, th three seconds. Butler hits all three. Heat go up by one um, by one point, right? They're up by one point at that, at that 
So Celtics get the ball. Uh, Derek White inbounds the pass uh, to Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart gets a good look. It's a good, it fucking, it's a good look. That, like, it, if that goes in, done, game over. Rims out. But if you blink, if you blink, you would have missed it. I've watched this replay, I don't know how many times, 20, 30 times. If you blink and you miss it, Derek White, fuck it. He's wide open. He could have actually taken the shot. He inbounds at the smart. He could have actually gotten the pass and taken the shot. But he eyes it. He runs up, fucking tips it in with 0.2 seconds left. Celtics win the game, force game seven. I tell you, man, I watch it with my wife. My wife, like, she was just, it was the most exciting fucking basketball game she's ever watched. She's like, oh my God. I'm like on the floor. And I was like, he hit it. He hit it. He got it. He got it. Uh, Unfucking believable. One of those legendary plays in, in, I mean, in sports history and Celtics history for sure. Unfucking believable, Panther. When you got to think that that a a that shot that I don't even want to call it a shot that putback that quick little whatever it was Derek White did I mean the announcers didn't think he got it off um, the referees actually got it right on the call they went to review to verify but they called it a bucket um, but assuming the Celtics win tonight Derek White's your MVP right. Like that one shot is. Oh yeah, yeah, that's it. Got done. Just, just yeah. give, give him the Larry Bird trophy right there. It's the stuff of legends, man, and it just makes you think. You know, as we get ready to talk about this game, you know, I had said before, Heat are in trouble. Heat are in trouble, and really kind of didn't think that he were in trouble in Game Six. Kind of had it. Now you got, you know, you always talk about particularly like in hockey and all the other sports. You talk about a luck factor. Man, if that shot, that ending of that game just didn't swing the final variable of the luck factor back over to Boston, um, man, this game seven in Boston, this is going to be something else. Yeah, listen, if you get back in the way back machine, the Derek White trade uh, happened in February of 2022. So Celtics were floundering last season. They were in seventh place in the East. Uh, they, just, they 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 did not look like a complete team. Emma Adoka was losing that locker room. They made a trade for Derek White. And at the time, the reaction was, you overpaid for Derek White because you gave up uh, uh, Rich- Richardson, you gave up uh, Romeo Langford, who was a number like a, a number fourteen pick, like a first round pick. You gave up a first rounder, and then a pick swap with with the Spurs. So you basically you gave up a first round pick, two players uh, who you know, and and at the time Richardson was was balling. He was actually playing pretty good. He didn't seem like a the best kind of fit in that lineup. I don't think he was. Yeah, you know, and Langford wasn't getting looks because of J and J. But you overpaid for Derek White at the time. Now. If you go back even further, uh, of course, Derek White was drafted in the first round by the Spurs, late first round, I think like 29th pick or something like that. This is a guy that uh, started off in a you know Division II college. I think he's, he's like the one of like three players that were ever drafted from Division II type thing. Uh, was able to transfer and become a Buffalo, Colorado Buffalo. Uh, he was, you know, five foot nothing in high school. He loved basketball. He had great ball handling skills. He could shoot the ball, but he was just too fucking short. Had a little bit of a growth spurt, got up to about six feet tall or something like that. And again, went to this division school. To, see, this guy, there's no fucking reason that this guy should have got a shot in the NBA. And then became like this veteran presence in the Spurs locker room. The Spurs did not want to trade him. Like, they loved Derek White in that locker room. In fact, they had just given him a big extension. Well, for him, a big extension. He signed through 2025. Uh, 
all, all, all unbeknownst to them is like, you know, um, he played on the, uh, the America's team. He was one of the backups on the America's team. So smart, uh, Tatum and Brown all got to know him, came back and said to Stevens, like, Hey, listen, if we ever have an opportunity to get this guy here, we want him on this team because this guy, he will fucking do everything. He, he will, he doesn't need to score, but he can score. He doesn't, doesn't need the assists, but he will assist. He plays defense. He will fucking hustle. And now a year and a half later, looks like that fucking trade paid off. It's, it's, you know, he's going to get the focal point because of that particular play. And, and, and he's played some great defense, three-point shooting. He's been a, a great fit for this team. But it's been, for me, it's been the all-around depth um, of this team. You know, you got Tatum and you got Brown. That We don't even talk about Brogdon, who I thought would be a much bigger factor on this team than he has been. Uh, Horford, Williams. I mean, this is just a team that doesn't have, you know, outside of maybe Tatum, elite superstars you don't have your kobe's and your jordans and your lebrons it's just, it's a very good well-rounded deep team yeah and they did not have brogdon in game six and he is a game time decision today as is gabe vincent um uh, gabe vincent did play in game six but both those guys game time decisions so we will see so let's get into it let's get into game seven we we talked about game six and this is where we're at. Um, holy shit, man, right? I mean, this, the, the momentum seems to be in Boston's favor. They fought long and hard this whole fucking season to get home court. They technically got home court back in this game seven. They get to you know, try to close it out. They have struggled in Boston, though, man. They have struggled in Boston other than that game five. That game five, they looked uh, you know, really, really solid in Boston. They had, uh, what, won by like 13 points in Boston there. But they've struggled in Boston in this postseason. The Heat uh, could be primed and ready to fucking... Uh, win this one move on to denver and, and go from there uh you're looking at the line currently sitting at uh boston minus seven seven and a half uh oh no it's up, up tick to eight man so you're looking at boston minus eight you can get miami plus eight and a half i believe now let me let me yeah this fucking thing is i think it's yeah i think it's like seven and a half or eight right now you can get i'm gonna refresh the screen where are you at in this game um, I, I think Austin wins, but at seven, eight and a half is way too many. I mean, th this is all hands on deck, right? There is, there is no tomorrow if you lose this game. So uh, I, th they've been battle tested. They've played some really close games. They've played some blowouts, but I really feel like this is going to be a closer game. Butler's going to be ready. Uh, I think it's really going to come down to two things. One is defense, and one of the things we've seen on this little Boston Celtics run right now is playing much better defense. They're keeping the Miami team shootings down a little bit, but their points scored is significantly down. This is the first time they've hit triple digits uh, in this three-game uh, winning streak for Boston. So Miami's ability to kind of get through that defense, but more importantly, it's three-point shooting. If we've seen anything from both of these teams... How their three-point shooting goes is how their victories go. If Miami can play and be up to the task defensively and hit their three-point shots, talking Duncan Robinson, talking Gabe Vincent, um, obviously still no Tyler Hero, but this is this is a team that can hit threes, and if they're hitting them, maybe they win outright. I mean, you I could justify a little pixie dust on, on an outright win for Miami, but eight and a half just feels like way too many. I'm on Miami with those points. Actually, seven and a half. Yeah, I can get you seven and a half. I was refreshing, and it's seven and okay. a half. Um, 
then I can get get Boston minus seven. So listen, here I I agree with you. Uh, I I totally agree with you. It's it's going to come down to three point shooting because three point shooting kept Miami Heat in that game six. Three point shooting has been the key to the Celtics' success all season. The Celtics did something in game six that they have not been able to do all season. They won without hitting three pointers. They were awful in three point land in game six. So the question is, can they bounce back? Is it is it one of those things where they're off on game six, they're going to shoot better in game seven, and can Miami sustain the hot shooting that they have from three? So Miami's three-point shooting was fantastic until the fourth quarter, where Duncan Robinson missed two open three-pointers. I'm talking about, like, you're before the game, you're getting practice three-pointers. He missed two of those fucking three-pointers. I don't want to. I don't want to risk giving him those again. <laughs> <laughs> you know, play some fucking defense on that guy. Uh, Martin has been a killer for the Celtics. I know that they've been focusing. They don't want Jimmy Butler to kill them. I'd rather Jimmy Butler put up 60 and then everyone else just fucking do nothing. I, I change up the strategy a bit. I think let Jimmy get his stop everyone else. Um, I'm going to bet the Celtics minus the seven. I, I got to go all in on my boys. This is a homer pick. I'm telling you, it's a fucking homer pick. Don't listen to me in fucking podcast land. Don't fucking bet with me. This is a pure fucking emotional. I got to see the Celtics fucking close this thing out and go to the fucking finals and become the first fucking team in NBA history to ever be down 0-3 and fucking win a series. I got to back my boys here. Uh, call back to the two th- 2004 fucking Boston Red Sox. Johnny Damon was at the fucking game in game six. He's been all over this fucking place like a hype up the Celtics. You can't let Johnny Damon down, guys. You can't fucking let him down. Ten dollar bet on the Billing Celtics. Billing needs to show up with a bloody sock. No, we need. Yeah, someone. There's a fucking. You know, someone get a bloody sock out there. You know, uh, I'm looking at you, Danilo Gallinari. You're not playing anyway. Someone fucking cut Danilo's uh, ankle. Get some fucking blood on that sock right now. All right. Uh, tw- quick break. Got a game six in the NHL. Can't fucking wait to talk about that one. We got a whole bunch of baseball on this Memorial Day podcast. Stay tuned. Guess who's back? Back again. My bookie's back. Tell a friend. That's right, DJs. Proud to say that we're once again being brought to you by my bookie. But just because they weren't paying us doesn't mean we haven't been giving them some love. I still use my bookie to this date, and you should too. Why? Because March is about to get crazy. Insane. Maybe even a little mad. If you're still on the hunt for a sportsbook to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to 25,000 big ones, or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, my bookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now, take advantage of their generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is use the promo code DEGENS, that's D-E-G-E-N-S, but the fun doesn't stop there. Get up-to-the-minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, anywhere. Use the promo code DEGENS to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov 
slash careers. We are back talking about a game six in the NHL. Game six we probably didn't think was coming. Uh, you know, uh, maybe maybe uh, game five because, you know, you predicted the, the Stars to win in game four and avoid the sweep. But now it's not even a gentleman's sweep. You got the Golden Knights on the road in Dallas. Hard fucking place to play in Dallas. Dallas at home, minus 128. You got the Golden Knights, your Golden Knights, plus 115, trying to punch their ticket, probably to lose to the fucking Panthers in the Stanley Cup, but punch their ticket to the Stanley Cup. Do your Golden Knights do it tonight, Sex oh God, Panther. Man, the Nuggets and the Panthers are just going to be in pins and needles, man. They're hot streaks, and now they're just sitting on ice. Would they just play each other, Where? right? I mean, it's just a warm-up game or something. I don't know. Just a, maybe a neutral game, like game of tennis or something, just to keep them so yeah, fucking this warmed be up. An argument for going back to you know best of five, seven, seven. I mean, when somebody sweeps, it's it's a long, long time before you play again. And I'm, I'm with you. I don't know if it's it's good or bad. To you know, when you're hot, to be sitting and resting this long. That's what Florida's doing, waiting on these Golden Knights and Dallas to wrap this thing up. You know, I did think that Vegas, you know, was not going to win game four, and they didn't. And I thought they'd go back to Vegas and win game five. But here's the thing. Dallas has put up more goals in these last two victories than they did the previous three games combined. So Dallas has finally kind of found their groove offensively. Vegas has not been playing as elite defense and goaltending as they had in the previous things. But at three to two... This has been, it really has been, even when Vegas was up 3-0, this has been a really, really tough series. They're two evenly matched teams. And listen, I think this potentially could go to a game seven, um, but Vegas is still catching just the smallest of plus lines. They don't want this to go seven. Nobody wants to ever see game seven, especially when we were up 3-0. It's all hands. Vegas is going to treat this like a game seven. They're going to go out there. I'm getting a plus line. I get a little bit of value. Give me my Golden Knights to try and get this thing wrapped up for 10 bucks. Lock this into our Dijon parlay. Totally fucking agree. I think Vegas closes this out today. They're not afraid to fucking play Dallas on the road. I know they're not afraid to play Dallas on the road. Uh, Dallas, yeah, listen, you know, they're they're going to hold, you know, they're, they're going to do whatever they can to try to force this game seven in hockey. There have been teams that have come back from a game seven before. It's not like uh, uh, unheard of, but still improbable. I think the golden Knights punch their ticket tonight, $10 bet on Vegas. All right. Brings us to baseball. Panther, you got seven. I don't, I didn't even know there were seven games on the board today. Apparently there are. So uh, <laughs> let's, uh, let's buckle in and uh, get ready. Quite a few games uh, that are early today. I think they're probably trying to get out of the way for these uh, Eastern Conference finals and the, the hockey. Um, so I'm just going to tell you that this first game is not a run line, but just get your run line page ready because we've got a few that we're going to touch on. Uh, this first game, we're going to look at the Cleveland Gardenians are at Baltimore. A pretty even pitching matchup in my mind. Logan Allen going against Tyler Wells. Now, obviously, Baltimore has the much more capable offense uh, than Cleveland. Cleveland has really struggled to find their way offensively at scoring runs. But uh, at Baltimore minus 155, I saw it as high as 165 at one place. That just felt like a little too much. I know Cleveland's not great on the road. They're 11 and 14 away from home, but I'm going to get a plus 130 in what I view as a even pitching matchup. I don't do this a lot on little just value plays, but I think this is a value play. So I'm going to take Cleveland for 10 bucks. 
Yeah, I totally agree with you, man. It, it is a total value play here. I got the Orioles winning this one, and uh, it's the line ping ponged back down to minus 140, 145 or something like that. It did spike up for a little bit. It opened at minus 140. You can, you know, still get minus 140 at, at a couple of sports books here. Um, but yeah, it's as high as still 150 in some books. So yeah, um, total value play for sure. I think Cleveland plus 130 is, is, is a really solid play. I'm going to lean right, the Guardians with up, you. We're going to look at the Rangers taking on Detroit. Nathan Eovaldi. Who saw this coming? Six and two, two point six ERA. He's only given up three home runs all season in his sixty nine innings pitched. Incredible control this year. Sixty six Ks to only eleven walks. Going against Matthew Boyd, who at some point I thought would establish himself as the Tigers' staff ace. And I don't think it's going to happen. I just whatever's going on in Detroit or what's going on with Boyd, it's just not going to happen. He's only you know. Pitching to the tune of a 5.74 ERA. His walks are up. He's only, you know, strikeouts 2-1, to one, uh, strikeouts to walks ratio. So Detroit also is another one of those teams that really, really struggle to score. Uh, I mean, l- listen to this discrepancy. Texas has scored 329 runs on the season. Detroit has scored 195. That is a big gap. Texas can hit the long ball, 69 home runs to Detroit's 44. There's just such an offensive discrepancy here. Nice. So even at minus 169, I probably could have said, hey, that's still a good line. I'll take it. But I'm greedy. I don't like eating that kind of chalk. So we're going to run line these Rangers for 10 bucks. You get plus 100 on the run line there. I knew what you were doing before you even said it. But I'm going to take the minus 165 on the Rangers, and that's what's being thrown into the parlay. Uh, My pick is going to be the Texas Rangers minus the 165 in the parlay. So uh, $10 bet on Texas. Totally agree. Fucking love Nathan A. Valdi this season. I think he's, man, you know, they made that big splash with uh, uh, Jacob deGrom. And what that did was it knocked A. Valdi down in the rotation. So he's facing guys that aren't, number ones not even number twos at times i think that's going to be advantageous to avaldi because i think he's a number one b in this league i i really like avaldi the way he's pitched the last couple oh, of seasons ten dollar bet today. on Let's the see rangers we get some agreement on this one i'm almost feeling like maybe no tampa bay is on the road taking on the chicago southsiders oh, wait they're the northsiders the cubs my north side and south side confused up there because i hate that town But uh, listen, Marcus Stroman is pitching really well for these Cubbies. They're not as bad as we think. Then when you start to look at their record, 22 and 30, 13 and 15 at home, they're not really all that good either. Uh, Taj Bradley taking the mound for the Rays. This is just a straight value. It almost feels like it's a trap, right? Tampa Bay at minus 130. You see him going, what is really going on? I think it's a value play, could be a trap, but I've got to jump on the Rays at minus 130. Oh, for fuck's sake. Minus 120 now, Panther. Yeah, I uh, I think that this smells. I'm going to lean the Cubs here. I like the way that Stroman's been pitching. Stroman had that big outing against the Mets' last go-around, uh, kind of giving a big, big middle finger to his former team. And I like when he starts for this Cubs team at home, early game, Memorial Day weekend. Ah, man, that fucking place is going to be wild, man. Uh, it's going to be fucking crazy there. 
Uh, ten. Uh, no, sorry. Uh, lean on the Cubs. I'm not this one this you one. could maybe even argue smells a little bit too. Minnesota at Houston, but I think when you dive into it, you're going to find out that it doesn't. The line I'm seeing is Houston minus 125. The pitching matchup is Sonny Gray versus the rookie JP France, and JP France is pitching just fine for this Houston banged up rotation. He's he's pitching pretty well. Uh, 3.43 ERA. He's had, what, 18 strikeouts to five walks. You know, on a team such as Houston, you don't have to do a lot to manage some wins. But Sonny Gray, no, 1.82 ERA. This has got to be one of the swan songs for the American League Cy Young Award. Zero home runs all season long. He has not given up anything. And I think that is why this line is the way it is. Vegas realizes how good Gray is pitching and how good he is against this Astros lineup. Still, Astros at home, minus 125. I can't let it go. I'm going to eat that little bit of chalk and take the Astros. So there's a pitcher in the, in, in the American League who's 4-2 and two with a 2.69 ERA and a .99 whip. And that is Luis Castillo. He is your bet for the Cy Young. Uh, he's having a fine season. Sonny Gray <laughs> is having a fucking extraordinary season. <laughs> I can't. I can't fade him. I'm not going to bet this one. I because I agree. Astros at home, fucking dangerous. Minus one twenty. It makes sense to me. That's what you're getting, by the way. Minus one twenty on the Astros. Me, I'm going to lean the Twins it, it here. I cannot do, fucking fade Sonny Gray right now. Away from it. Next game up, we're going out west. The Pittsburgh Pirates are going to take on the San Francisco Giants. My boy. Anthony Desclafini's kind of hit a little tough sled here as of late. His uh, ERA's shot up to 3.43. People have gotten to him a little bit. He's given up six home runs. And yet, as much as I kind of want to not be encouraged by the way Desclafini has pitched, he's not Rich Hill, who the Pirates are going to throw out there. And he's given up eight home runs, 17 walks on the season, a 4.27 ERA, and a very inferior a hitting lineup, I guess, when, when you talk about that Pittsburgh lineup. It was all it was all exciting, and, and we like to root for the underdog, but those days are gone. They've lost four of their last five, uh, two in a row now to, to Seattle, and the Giants have kind of found a little bit of a groove. Look, San Francisco's the better team, and at minus 140, I actually think this is a value play. So I'll take the 49ers for 10 bucks. We started off with a lot of agreement in baseball, and now it's kind of uh, uh, deteriorated into a lot of disagreement because I'm betting the Pirates in this one. I, Rich Hill's coming off of a really awful start. I get that. But he's a streaky oh, guy. Before yeah. that, he, he he pitched like six shutout innings. His strikeouts are up this year. I mean, you know, he is. it's alternating every other fucking game with Rich Hill. I think today is like his good day. Uh, the, the Giants, I just don't see them as a minus 140 team right now. Like, minus 125, more like right, it. I'm going to take a little bit of a flyer, $10 series. bet on Pirates. I'll ride this thing out. Next game up, Atlanta Braves against the Oakland Athletics. You've probably already got this thing written down. It's Oakland. They suck. Listen, 10 wins on the season. 10. Five of them at home. They're 5-23 and 23 at home. They can't pitch. They can't hit. They can't get fans in the seats. I'd be stunned if they get over 2,000 people on a Memorial Day, even with the uh, the champ Braves in town. Michael Soraka coming off the IL. He's going to take the mound. Paul Blackburn coming off the IL for the Oakland Athletics. So uh, we'll get, it's almost like, at least for 2023, a rookie versus rookie, even though neither one of them are by any stretch rookies. But listen, this is all about offense versus offense, and the Athletics do not 
measure up. I could probably alt run line this, but I'll just run line this and take the Braves. Minus 145 on the run line there for you. I think you can bet this minus 250. Uh, it's minus 250. Two, uh, okay. Minus 260 is the worst line I'm seeing on the board for the Braves right now. Minus 235, the best line. You can bet it minus 260, a and it's still ERA a value play. Leaning Atlanta with you. This deep into the season. I, this, this Oakland team is a disaster. I was watching a little bit of Sports Center last night. My wife was watching, you know, kind of casually watching with me, and they showed uh, highlights from the Oakland game. And she's like, man, that stadium's empty. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's, players, that's, right? that's, that's an understatement right there. <laughs> Blow that shit up. Oh, it's got to be terrible. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be terrible. You know, there's a couple of like independent wrestling uh, organizations that, you know, when they draw a couple hundred people, they're so excited. Uh, you're a professional baseball team <laughs> in Oakland. You draw a couple hundred people. You should yeah, definitely close up shop. All right, last game Vegas. up. That's We're going to stay on sure. the West Coast. Uh, the Braves with you. team going out West. The Nationals taking on the Dodgers. Trevor Williams is going to be one of the you know younger pitchers for this team, part of their rotation for the foreseeable future. Going against one of the up and coming pitchers for the Dodgers. This this team's got some minor league prospects. Bobby Miller got the call last week. He uh, won that game. Got five strikeouts, only one walk, uh, four hits. And just an incredible young talent. He can throw darts, and he's got that lineup backing him. Another incredibly chalky line so i'm gonna let me guess since it's about as bad as the uh, atlanta one is so are we about minus 145 here as well no minus 115 minus 115 on the run line there not not awful there uh so i'll lock you in for that one this yeah this line is as bad that's weird it's as bad as the atlanta one but <laughs> you can get more value. That's this is a, this is a value run line play. Then uh, my only minus one fifteen. So that's that's weird. I gotta lean the Dodgers with you, and I have a little bit of a, a question for you. Not a question per se, but quasi a question. Do you remember like last last week yeah, yeah. or two weeks ago? It was Bryce versus Bryce. There's two pitchers that were Bryce that were pitching against each other. Yeah, well, today you got Bobby Miller pitching for the Dodgers, and then the late game, the the the, the Yankees Seattle, you got Bryce Miller pitching for Seattle. So you got two B today, Millers on pitching today game, on the same day. So that is all of my games. All right, you get you got to pick a third. Then we got. Well, I'm just taking the uh, Texas minus 170. I'm not going to do the run line on that one. Uh, so Texas minus 170. We got the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. That's our mutual agreement. We got plus 115 on that one. Uh, so no. what's your third game Atlanta. we're throwing in here? The run line. It's minus 145. Atlanta on the run line. Yep. So we're we're getting All a right. plus four ninety five well, payout. This is on your this episode parlay. of the Degeneracy on Memorial Day. Hope you guys have an absolutely fantastic day. But remember, you guys can hang out with us on Facebook, Twitter, mostly, almost exclusively. It really is right here in the asylum on the Discord. Come in here, join. It's free. Shoot the shit with us. Call us out by name. We'll holler right back. But most importantly, let us know what you did over the weekend, what you're doing today, and when it's all said and done, kids, it's all make some money, fools. 
This show is sports entertainment. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast are for general information only, and any reliance on the information provided in this podcast is done at your own risk. This podcast should not be considered professional advice. In short, don't be stupid. Gamble responsibly. We will not be held responsible. Peace.